Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Praise God. God is good. And He's overall. Just uh, singing that song made me think about the love of God. Never experienced the love of God. Till that day I received Him at that altar and had peace for the first time in my life. Y'all remember that day? Oh, yeah. Very well. Wow. And if you haven't had that day, you need to have that day. Because I was a church pew warming Christian. Warmed up my church pew to 98.6 Fahrenheit every single Sunday for all those years. But praise God, he's merciful. Well, let's turn to uh, 1 Samuel 15, 23. Praise God. And I wanted to, first of all, thank Pastor Mark and Sister Phyllis um, just for being such a blessing to our church. We're so thankful for you guys. I don't know what my life would be if God hadn't sent me here. I'd be messed up, sucking on my little pacifier still and spitting up on everybody. And but praise God. Thank you for, for teaching us and helping us. Love you both. We're, we're very blessed. Well, the title of my message tonight is Rebellion or Obedience, We Choose. So praise God. We're going to start in 1 Samuel 15, 23. And I'm going to read out of the King James here uh, first here. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He hath also rejected thee from being king. Of course, talking about Saul here, but, uh, you know, this uh, is to help all of us, right? And, and thanks to Pastor Mark, my Spirit-filled life Bible, and then the notes down here says, I like this, Saul's motives are shown to be rebellion and stubbornness. Kind of a bad combination there, huh? Or standing in opposition to God's commands. So, you know, when we're, when we're in rebellion, we're standing in opposition to the Word of God. And, um, you know, some of you all heard my story. When I was in second grade, um, the teacher put a box over my whole entire desk. And those of you that know me are probably shocked about that, that that would happen to me. But it was one of those, like, refrigerator boxes, and, and I had a, a tension issue. And so she cut a little hole in the front there. And that was pointed towards her because I like to visit with the people around me. And so I know some of you are shocked by that, but, um, but that was second grade. And, and, you know, but we're all born with original sin. And so some of us have maybe it seems like a little more than others. Uh, but that's really all part of rebellion, right? I was not listening to the teacher. She wanted me to focus on her. And I rebelled and focused on those that were around me, right? And, you know, I think sometimes people forget about how we come into this world in that state because some kids are sweeter than others. I mean, like Rose is like especially sweet, you know. Um, but, you know, and they all are. But, you know, some of them are just, they're different, right? And, but we all have that original sin, right? And in the Amplified Bible, that verse says, For rebellion is as serious as the sin of divination, fortune-telling, and disobedience is as serious as false religion and idolatry. 
because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He also rejected you as king. And we don't want to be in a position to rejecting the, the word, of the God, word of God, right? That's a bad place to be. I looked up in dictionary.com the definition for rebellion. It was interesting. Number one said, open, organized, and armed resistance to one's government or ruler. Of course, our ruler is the king of kings and the lord of lords, right? So there would be resistance to the Lord in our case. Definition two said, resistance to or defiance to any authority, control, or tradition. And, you know, we see that growing every day in the world, right? Just uh, resistance to parents or elders. And I was thinking a lot about resistance to like a pastor. You know, people want to be their own leader. You know, they want to do their own thing. And, and God sent us to a pastor, you know, to help us and keep us out of trouble. And so, but we have to be willing to submit to that. I'm going to read Deuteronomy 31:27 in the Amplified. It says, For I know your rebellion and contention and your stubbornness. Behold, while I am still alive with you today, have you been rebellious against the Lord? How much more than after my death? Now, I was thinking about this for you folks that are younger. If pastor goes on to be with the Lord before you do, how much more after your pastor leaves the earth to go to be with Jesus? You know, and we've got to stay, you know, focused on what we need to be focused on, right? Let's turn to Proverbs 17, 11, please. And by the way, I looked up, you know, on dictionary.com, it shows that the um, kind of the complexity of the word and rebellion is listed as a middle school level. So it's not like super complicated, right? I think that's I think in middle school, you're probably especially good at that one, maybe. Right. In some cases, um, reminds me of my. Uh, believe it or not, again, this is probably shocking to some of you, but I had poor conduct in my report cards. And that was back in the day when you got your grades and you got your conduct. And check marks were bad, right? But I took a lot of pride that I had all the check marks. Not just a couple of them. Talks too much, disrupts the class, whatever. And finally, a dad got my attention uh, about fifth grade, I guess it was. And he said, no baseball this summer unless you straighten up. And so that was the end of check marks. I magically cured myself of check marks. Um, so parents, don't give up on your kids. Just find that little button that needs to be pushed, and you'll get it. Just keep on trying. But Proverbs 17, 11, let me get there. Proverbs 17, 11 in the, in the King James Bible says, An evil man seeketh only rebellion. Therefore, a cruel messenger shall be sent against him. Wow. Evil man and rebellion go together. You know, sometimes we could say, oh, my kid's a little rebellious. So we make fun of that word, but it's really a bad thing. Right? When we're rebellious, that is, a, that is bad news. Uh, I've looked up some synonyms for rebellion. Interesting. Dissent. Insurrection. And the definition of that is an act or instance of rising in revolt, rebellion, or resistance against civil authority or an established government. And how about this example in Isaiah 14? I'm just going to read this to you. Isaiah 14, 12 through 15, the New King James Bible. It's called the fall of Lucifer. 12, how you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. 13, you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides 
of the north. 14, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Sounds a little prideful, doesn't it? And verse 15, God said, Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. So the rebellion didn't work out too well there for Lucifer. And think about that. He was, uh, was kind of like one of God's top guys, the angels, right? He was uh, what we used to call BMOC, big man on campus. Um, he was pretty important, right? But God took care of that in a hurry, right? In Ezekiel chapter 28, New King James says, in verse 14, we're talking about rebellion and now insurrection here. 14, you were the anointed cherub who covers, I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. 15, you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. 16, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within. Sound like a, the world today? And you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. I will destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. 17, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. 18, you defiled the, your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore I brought fire from your mist. It devoured you, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. Wow. Anybody getting the picture yet of rebellion? It is a bad, bad thing. Some more synonyms. Revolution. Uprising. Thinking about this one, you know, are we focused on our mist of time here on earth? Or are we focused on the eternity of time in a better place, hopefully for most of us or all of us here. You know, we can, you know, up, uprising, you know, you think about that, we can test ourselves. I think, I think it's good, right? We, better for us to test ourselves, right? But think about today. Do we mostly focus on God today or the world? You know, because even if we work, right, and most of us do and, and should, but, you know, we can still focus on God. How about this other synonym, apostasy? A total desertion of or departure from one's religion. It's really like leaving God, right? There's a lot of that going on right now. How about defiance? Ooh. And I want to talk a little bit about defiance against the Great Commission. Because you all, all know I have a heart for the lost. And, and I want you to think about this for a minute with me. What, about, what if every person witnessed a one person a day? 24 hours a day, let's say you sleep, eight of those hours, we do have 16, right? But what if, let's just hypothetically talk about, what if, what if we witness, all witnessed a one person a day? Seems reasonable in a way, right? So let's talk about a hypothetical town of 100,000 people, not too much smaller than Evansville. And what if there were 20,000 Christians there? 20,000 Christians and 80,000 heathens or in my case, people going to church thinking they're a Christian at that time, right? Um, and what if those 20,000 people witnessed a one person a day? You know how many times that would be in one year that people got witnessed to? Just in one year. 
20,000 people witnessing one day a year at 7.3 million times in one year. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? 7.3 million. So any math geniuses out there, in 10 years, how many would that be? 7.3 million times 10, 73 million times, right? we got to work on our math, Pastor. Let's take a little break here right now. What would two... No. So I, you might have misunderstood me the first time, but I like math. So I'm one of those guys that remembers pi, 3.14159265.4 and all sorts of stuff, right? So, um, so I'm a little funny there. But think about that for a minute. In 10 years, again, let's talk about this again. 20,000 Christians in a town of 100,000, everyone witnessed once a day, 20,000 times 365 is 7.3 million. In 10 years, if they did that for 10 years, it'd be 73 million times that people would have went out and witnessed about the gospel. Now, what if they never left their town? Unlike Katie and Emily, who leave all the time. Um, <laughs> but what if they never left their town? Anybody stay home all the time? I like to stay home, but we won't use any examples. That'd be bad. But if they never left their home and they always just st- stuck in town, just take a wild guess at, at those 80,000 people in that town that didn't know Jesus, how many times they would get witness to in 10 years. Any wild guesses out there? How many? How many? Twice? A bunch? More than that. 912 times. Now, have any of y'all ever been witnessed to 912 times in 10 years? I mean, think about it. That's a lot of, that's a lot of times. How much more interest would people out there be in the gospel if somebody came to talk to them 900 plus times in 10 years? You think about it, that's pretty powerful, right? But what if only 10% did that? But then, then, it would be witnessed, then they would have got witnessed to 90 times in those 10 years. That's still a lot, right? You know, you, you guys have heard my stories sometimes maybe, but I've t- I think about this all the time. I've only ever been witnessed to once in 60 years. So at, at that rate, let's say I was 10 years old, accountability or in that neighborhood. Then, so I should have had 50 years of witnessing in this quote-unquote Christian nation. So I should have been witnessed to 4,500 times in 50 years. Let's see. 4,500 is greater than one. I got that one right? But think about that. You know, that's, that's the power of when we work together, you know, and share the gospel. And I'm not getting on anybody because I can get on myself in the same way, right? I've witnessed one person every day for the year. But what if, whatever number we're at, we doubled that number, right? Or tripled that number or whatever. But, you know, and I could tell you just from personal experience, the problem is the one you look at in the mirror every day that says, well, the last person got mad at me and called me ugly names or you know, whatever, right? We've all had experiences that haven't gone quite we, the way we expected them to, right? Um, but I want to encourage you that in that area. I got that under defiance because really we're all called to the Great Commission, right? So just, you know, if, you got, if you're bored someday and you're thinking about numbers, think about 900 times a year that people get witness to if we all did our, did our thing, right? Another synonym for rebellion is disobedience, John 14, 50 in the Amplified says, and this is Jesus talking, if you really love me, you will keep my, I'm sorry, my bad. If you really love me, you will keep 
and obey my commandments. See, that the opposite of rebellion is obedience, right? How about this one? Insubordination, another synonym. Now, I have a question here for all of us next to that one. How are we doing on Mark 16, 20? I think probably one, one of the most um, misused verses in the whole Bible, which basically says the Lord works with us. You know, Mark 16 talking about, you know, these signs shall follow those that believe, not they might or potentially if you're a nice person, you have an outgoing personality, right? But it says these signs shall follow those who believe. And, you know, I think the part that we let our flesh mess us up on the devil is that, well, I can't do that. But if the Lord's working with us, we can do all things, right? And so, you know, just think about that someday when you're discouraged and, you know, I have this written down here. Um, does the Lord have someone to work with? Or do we, do we like to work alone? You know, I think we could do a whole lot better if we let the Lord help us, right? He wants to work with us. You know, there's, and it, it, I like Joyce Meyer. She talks about balance in the Bible. You know, and, and she uses that example of caring about what people think about you. You can care too much about what people think about you, or you can care not enough about what people think about you, right? There's balance in there. And so, you know, you, you need to put balance in these things. And, and, um, but the Lord is working with us. Some people think the Lord's doing it all. He could, because he's God, but he works with us, right? And some people think they're doing it all. They ain't doing diddly without the Lord, right? So there's that balance again, right? Another synonym says nonconformity. I wrote down here, do we choose to complain or to be happy and positive? I don't know about y'all's flesh. My flesh likes to complain. You know, that's when you know you're walking in the flesh that day, right? But to be happy and positive. And uh, my kids probably get sick of me talking about thinking on pure and lovely things and things of a good report. Shelby's nodding. Um, but that's our choice, right? We choose what kind of day we're going to have, right? We can be grumpy or happy. One more synonym I have written down here for rebellion is heresy. Oof. And please turn to Galatians 1.8. Galatians 1.8, please. Praise God. See, I love the preacher. That was fairly weak, but we'll take it. Praise God. God is good. I got fingerprinted today, by the way. Um, so, but full disclosure, I should probably point that out. So, Pastor, I didn't tell Pastor until I got up here. So, no, when they're starting up the jail ministry again, praise God, and you got to get fingerprinted now to, to go. It's kind of a funky feel, though, when they're rolling your fingers out in that thing. You feel kind of like a criminal. Um, but uh, so I'm officially, i got still black stuff on my hands. You know, I really felt like a heathen. I want to thank Randy and James, too. They really encouraged me before the service because, you know, thinking about talking about things in the past, you know, and, and those of you who may not know that James actually went to jail at 13 years old, James? 13? And Randy, I thought, was really made more of a heathen than James. Actually, was waited until he was like 20-something. And so it feels good sometimes to be around other people that, you know, messed up once in a while. But, so y'all might want to talk to those people about how to avoid those places. But uh, sorry, guys. You have to be careful you talk to you before church in the lobby, right? Could be used against you. So, so heresy. 
Galatians 1.8, and I'm going to read from the King James here again. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed or receive God's judgment. Think about that. Any other gospel. And I'm going to read to you, just, just hang tight here. I'm going to read to you 2 Corinthians 11, 3 and 4 in the Amplified. But I am afraid that even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning, your minds may be corrupted and led away from the simplicity of your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For, for you seem willing to allow it. I'll think about that. Are we willing to allow the devil to deceive us? For you seem willing to allow it if one comes and preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached. Or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received or a different gospel from the one you accepted. You tolerate all this beautifully, welcoming the deception. These are people that love Jesus, right? And, you know, I was thinking about this pastor, I admire you, but you could just say, hey, I'm the pastor, I'm good to go. But no, you, you fully intend on living strong for Jesus to the end of times because we could all be trapped by something, right? Because the devil, he's not just, he's not just a so-so kind of a, you know, a trickster. He's the master of deception, right? And he hates you and he'll do anything he can do to get you to follow him. And so we have to be watchful, right, to those, to his to his ways of doing things. Now I put down a few antonyms here. Um, now you guys were pretty bad at math, but anybody remember what an antonym is? Opposite. All right, we're much better at, at uh, English in here than we are at math. Praise God. We don't have teach in here though, but uh, antonyms, which would be the opposite of rebellion, right? Submission. But we live a lot in the opposite of that. Just world is rebellious towards leaders, pastors, all authority, right? But another antonym for rebellion, calm, harmony, peace. I wrote this down as I, as I thought about that. Are we walking in love and forgiveness? You know, and witnessing to people, you can witness to, you know, 7.3 million people in a year. But if you don't do it with love, you might as well save your breath. Because I frankly, I've done it both ways. As an engineer, I like to have this step-by-step process. Number one, heathen, blah, blah, blah. Number two, blah, blah, three, four, five. It doesn't work, does it? Anybody else besides me that's tried it that way before? Thanks for not raising your hand. Um, but <laughs> praise God. Love, are we walking in love and forgiveness? And then uh, another antonym uh, for rebellion, of course, is Obedience. And I thought about a series of questions here just for you and I and all of us just to think about. Do we obey God's call for holiness or dabble with some of the filth of the world? And by the way, when, during praise and worship, the Holy Spirit spoke to me that at the end, I wasn't planning on doing this, but at the end of the service, the Holy Spirit showed me some, some of y'all are going to get delivered from, some, delivered from some things that have been bothering you for a long time. If you're willing, and I'm not going to ask you what they are, we'll, we'll have a, a little altar call at the end here, and, and you just bring that thing up here to God. And if you're, if you're serious about it, that thing is going to go. And, um, and that applies to our folks online. But um, don't you love the Holy Spirit when He shows you stuff? Pretty cool, isn't it? 
So do we obey God's call for holiness or do we dabble with some of the filth of the world? Holy Spirit, just ask me to ask you, when you're flipping through your channels and the remote control at nighttime and nobody's around, do you stop somewhere where you're not supposed to be stopping? I don't know who that's for, but you know. Do we obey and choose the right friends? Birds of a feather flock together. You probably heard your mama tell you that. But I see this a lot with Christians. They want to hang out with their old buddies a lot of times. And I'm thankful one of the first things I did is I found new friends. I still love my old friends. I still see them around. Most of them are still drinking like a fish, cussing, carrying on like I did when, before I knew Jesus as my Lord and Savior, right? But I don't hang around them, and I've witnessed to them. Um, they probably talk about me behind my back, you know, about being this crazy Christian guy. That's okay. But do we choose the right friends? Here's another one. Do we obey the word in avoiding alcohol, a mocker? Or do we dance a little with the devil? Yeah, pastor's not here. It's amazing what people put on Facebook that I hear about people that go into church and they're out showing their party and clothes on, they're out and about partying and they're bragging about it on Facebook. Uh, it's just unbelievable to me how people want to dance with the devil. And uh, that's a losing deal, right? You all heard that story about, you know, the devil gets in your trunk and then before you know it, he's in the back seat, then he's in the passenger seat, then he's driving the car, right? But I personally, you know, I have not seen, I, you know, many of you heard me say this before, my grandfather drank himself to death, so there's nothing good that comes out of alcohol. Um, but do you dabble with that, dance with the devil? Do we obey the word and praise and worship? You know, you, are you raising your hands when pastor prompts you to, hey, let's get into this, let's, let's, let's lift our voices, or are we obeying? Here's the one that we, we mess up on sometimes, I think. Do we cast our cares on the Lord? Do we do that today? Is there some care that you're carrying, and that may be one of, the, one of you that needs to come to the altar, is just to give that care to the Lord once and for all and quit picking it back up again. Because he can't do anything about it if you have it, right? Or, or I have it. Are we speaking to our mountains? I'm talking about rebellion versus obedience tonight. Do we obey the word or rebel against it? Did we read and meditate on the word today? You know, earlier on we were talking about, you know, churches and, and the rebellion. And um, it's sad that you have to tell people or ask them what church you're going to because a lot of churches are not churches anymore. Their denomination left Jesus years ago. And it's really pretty simple because God never changes, right? If your church believes something 20 years ago or 30 or 40 and they don't anymore, that's a good indicator you're going to the wrong church. And that can be uh, heaven or hell kind of a decision for you, right? But people want to have the easy road, right? I'm going to read Psalm 68, uh, 6 out of the, uh, the King James. God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains, chains, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. How many of y'all like the desert? I mean, as long as you have the air conditioner, it's not so bad probably, right? But, uh, but that's not a good place to be. Acts 5.29, the Amplified says, Then Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. We have no other choice. You know, in a sad example, the opposite, I don't know if y'all been following the Roe v. Wade thing, but, you know, the studies have shown about 60% of people support abortion most or all the time. 
one out of 10 don't even know what they support, and three out of 10 support overturning Roe v. Wade. You think about that. Three out of 10 Americans love babies. I mean, it, 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 that's my reminder to start winding up. Otherwise, you guys would be here forever. Um, but, you know, you think about where our country is today. And, and is, is it any wonder when three out of ten people actually will support an unborn baby, an innocent baby in the womb? It tears my heart out. But we have scripture that there's a wide path to destruction and a narrow path to heaven. And I sure hope that, that you're not in that wrong group. Uh, I personally don't think that those people are going to make it to heaven. Because my Bible said God hates that, hands that shed innocent blood. And I don't know how you're going to support something that God hates and, um, and be considered to be an on-fire Christian. I just don't see it happening. But I run into Christians all the time. You guys probably do also. And they, oh, I support the Democratic Party because I like what they believe about climate change or whatever. And my thought is always, is that more important than a baby to you? I'm talking people that say they love Jesus. Yeah, I support that because I believe these things are more important than that. Um, it tears my heart out thinking about what our country does to little babies. And I'm not going to be uh, shy about standing up for life because God cares about those little babies. Um, in the middle of the night last night, Lord woke me up. Um, I've been blessed in my job to get a lot of awards. And, and um, he showed me the next time I get one of those, which you know, I had a good year last year, could be here soon. I'm going to accept that award on behalf of all the babies in the world that can't be here to receive any award ever. And there's going to be some people in my um, liberal slash social company that are not going to like that. But I'm going to stand up for the Word of God and those babies that don't have a chance ever to get an award for anything. Um, but, you know, and I put in my notes, you know, that that's the ultimate hate crime. We want to talk about it. I'm not against, I'm against hate of any sort. But you can't get any more hateful than killing a, an innocent baby in the womb. There's no more hate than that. If we get any hate mail, Pastor, sorry, I'll just send it to me. I'll, I'll take it. But praise God, that's rebellion. That's all about rebellion, right? Because people think their body is theirs. Now we've been bought with a price. It's not ours. And um, now I just want to encourage you, I know you all don't support that, but I just want to encourage you to be bold when you're around other people so they know how you feel about it. Because that's how God feels about it. And he loves those babies. So, 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 so please stand strong in that. John 3.36 in the Living Bible says, And all who trust him, God's Son, to save them have eternal life. Y'all missed a good shouting time there. I better read that again. And all who trust Him, God's Son, that's only Jesus, by the way. It doesn't say your favorite, you know, God. To save them have eternal life. Amen. Those who don't believe and obey Him. That went off my spirit when I read that, too. 
those who don't believe and obey him, right? Some people believe, but they don't obey him. They want, to, they want Jesus to be who they want him to be instead of who he really is, and that's the word of God, right? And he's not going to change for you or me or anybody. And those who don't believe and obey him shall never see heaven, but the wrath of God remains upon them. So those that, are, that, that don't choose to, to believe and obey have eternal life. And, you know, I want to encourage you. I know there's a lot in there about the rebellion side, but I want to encourage you to read Deuteronomy 28 regularly. And just read a couple of verses. Verse 1, I'm reading out of the New King James. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord God, to observe carefully all His commands, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations. And two, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and the country, the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground. That's your job. How about the produce of your body and your offspring? I think I shared with you all before that the devil tried to take out all three of my grandbabies. You can't have my grandbabies. I got covenant promises from the Most High God. I'm going to stand on those promises, praise God. It's worth it living for God. <laughs> praise God. How about being blessed in verse 6 when you uh, come in and go out? That's pretty much all the time, right? But I just encourage you sometimes just to, just to go through. And that's just the old covenant, right? We have a new, better covenant, right, Pastor? That's just the old stuff. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.